Hey everyone, welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. This is your host, Nisar Ahmad. This is episode 112 of the Career Medis Podcast, and this episode is part of the Career Expert series. If this is the first time you're joining us, typically what I do is I bring guests and experts from different backgrounds, and they give us ideas on different topics, starting from job search, how to craft your resume, how to negotiate salary, how to get promoted. And so you're able to take this idea and apply it in your job search, or even if you already have a job, how you can apply it to take your career to the next level. And today, I'm really excited today because I'm not, I don't believe I've done this on the show for the last 112 episodes. Today, we're going to talk about negotiation. And I think I'm fortunate to have some, a guest who has a very diverse background, and I, I will read our guest's expertise, and then we'll hear from our guests. We'll talk about the psychology of negotiation. Firstly, it's a favorite topic of mine as well, but let's get started. And our guest today, his name is Kwame Christian. He's the director of the American Negotiation Institute. He teaches us about an alternative way to resolve conflict. Kwame Christian is a business lawyer and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. And what he does, he also serves as a negotiation consultant for attorneys, and for companies closing large business deals. He also conducts live training sessions for organizations. On top of that, he hosts the podcast called Negotiate Anything, where he interviews successful professionals and shares powerful persuasion techniques. So someone, like I mentioned at the beginning, if anyone could kick us off on this topic, I think we have found a great guest. And without further ado, I would like to invite our guest, Kwame. Hey, Kwame, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Nisar. You have a diverse background and I mean, it's, you have a breadth of experience and you are an attorney or lawyer yourself. And that definitely, you know, gives you a lot of credibility when it comes to the whole topic of negotiation. But before we get into the whole topic, I'd love for the audience to learn a little bit more about you. So if you can share a little bit of an introduction of how you started and, you know, how you arrived where you are today. Yeah. So thank you for the, the intro. So my initial academic love was psychology. And I think understanding that helps people understand my approach because as an attorney, most people expect me to focus on the nitty gritty details when it comes to strategy and tactics as it relates to negotiation. But my approach is a little bit different. When I'm teaching people how to negotiate, focus on the psychological barriers that they face personally. And then once they've overcome that and, and developed a, a sense of confidence in themselves and their abilities, that's when I transition into talking about the various skills and tactics that people could use. So my background academically is starts off with a bachelor's degree in psychology. And then I went to law school and got a master of public policy at the same time. Started my own practice and uh, I work with business clients. And, and I also serve as a, as a mediator at the court for uh, different parties who are in trial, helping them work out deals. And it's that background that led me to negotiation and helping people to become more confident in difficult conversations. So with the American Negotiation Institute, I do trainings within companies and webinars for professionals who are interested in learning how to become better in conflict and negotiate more effectively. I can tell from your 
bio, your LinkedIn profile, your website. You've also done a TEDx talk and also your introduction right now. This subject that you really are really excited about, you know, you mentioned about psychology and what you do day in, day out. And I'm, I'm just curious, why, why were you drawn now more to the, this subject than anything else? What draws me to it? Yeah. I mean, negotiation is something yeah. a lot of people don't think about it unless when they need it, right? You know, they're trying to get a job, right. they salary, they go to buy a car, the typical negotiation stuff, right? Everybody thinks about uh, they negotiate lower prices, ne- buying a home. So it's, it's not something that they think they need to build unless there's a situation where they have to, right? So, but you focus on this. And so I'm just curious, is there a reason that drew you towards this more than other things that someone in your shoes would do? Absolutely. And one of the things I'll mention later on is the fact that I'm writing a book called Nobody Will Play With Me, How to Find Confidence in Conflict. And in that book, I share a story of my upbringing. And so as a young child growing up in rural Ohio, small town, I was, my family was like the only black family in the area. So I was very different. And I had a Caribbean accent. Um, Now I know how to turn it on and off. But at the time, I had a very strong Caribbean accent. And so I remember one time in first grade, the fact that I was different became very salient because there was one day on the playground where no matter who I talked to, who I asked, nobody would play with me. And I remember that day vividly, just coming home and going to the teacher and, and crying. And after that happened, I said, this will never happen again. People are going to like me. And it was beneficial because I became very popular. Everybody liked me, but I was liked, but not respected. And so for me, when it came in, came to difficult conversations, I didn't stand up for myself because I didn't want to risk losing those relationships that I worked so hard to get. And so for me, conflict was always something scary something terrifying. And once I learned that it was a skill, a skill that I could build and I could actually improve upon it, it was life-changing for me. And the part of my negotiation philosophy is that a negotiation is any conversation where somebody in the conversation wants something. And so with that broad definition, it's clear that we're negotiating every, every day. So a lot of people focus on the car negotiation, salary negotiations, and those type of things. But the, the reality is, we are having these conversations with our colleagues at work, our bosses, people who we're trying to make deals with, and family members at home. And so the reason I focus so heavily on this is because I think mastering the skill can be one of the most life-changing decisions that you can make because negotiation is everywhere. And once you start to recognize that and become better at the skill, you'll start getting more of what you want, avoiding things that you don't want and strengthening relationships with every conversation you have. I'm glad you mentioned that, Kwame, because that's a fresh take on negotiation. And I give you a few examples. A lot of people think that way. And what you're saying is it's not a situational thing. It's like an everyday thing. We don't realize we are negotiating, but we are always doing it. And I like your definition. It's like someone, every conversation, there could be a negotiation, but we don't realize that. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's, imagine if you were a boxer and you had all the skills in the world the best hands in the world, but there you had one weakness. And the weakness is that you don't know when a fight begins. <laughs> then what good are you, you know? You're going to lose. <laughs> and so a major part of my practice when it comes to teaching these skills is increasing everybody's negotiation awareness. Once, once you recognize it and you say, oh my goodness, this conversation with my wife, this is a negotiation. This conversation with my, my son is a negotiation. This conversation with the annoying guy at work is a negotiation. 
I can implement these tactics in all of these conversations to make my life better. And, and the thing that I've recognized is that the best things in our life often lie on the other side of difficult conversations. And so this might be one of the best ways for us to improve our lives, and it's completely within our control. You brought up two points, and I wanted to build on both of them. One is negotiation awareness. The other one is difficult conversations. First of all, awareness. And I think we have all heard that if you wanted to change something, the first step to start is being aware. So awareness is key. So you mentioned the whole concept of negotiation awareness, which you have alluded in your previous answer. So once people get a hold of this idea, I would like for you to expand that. Does that mean they are, like, what are the benefits of having a negotiation awareness? I see the value, what you just said, but for someone listening, like, wait a minute. So do I need to know that I'm negotiating all day? So how would you, you know, the answer that to someone who's new to this concept? Absolutely. And, you know, I think you're, you're raising some of the concerns that some people have because they say that doesn't seem very organic. That doesn't seem very genuine if I'm angling for something in every conversation. But the reality is in every conversation, we are angling for something because think about a situation where you go to a movie and you, you like the movie. If you go and you tell somebody, you're, what you tell your friend, hey, I like this movie, you weren't just saying that. Your goal is to persuade them to either see it themselves or persuade them that they should believe it's a good movie too. With el- almost every conversation we have, there is a persuasive element. And so it's not a question of whether or not we negotiate. It's a question of whether or not we, we're going to do it well. So since these conversations are going to happen, we might as well maximize value. And the thing is, with, with my approach to negotiation, it's not a win-lose type of proposition. And with most of these everyday social interactions, they, there doesn't need to be that kind of dichotomy between failure and success, where my failure, where your failure necessitates my winning or vice versa. It allows us to create value and help other people as well as helping ourselves. So essentially, negotiation is not a contest, right? It's a, it could be win-win. It doesn't have to be one person has to lose, other person has to win. No matter how many people are involved, they would both be able to achieve the goal they had. Absolutely. Because think about it. Sometimes our goal, what we want in that conversation is what's best for somebody else. So if you're negotiating with a friend or a colleague at work and you see they're in some kind of distress and they need some help, then what you're trying to negotiate in these conversations is first you want to negotiate for more information. What do you want? You want to learn the problem. And so you have the conversation to learn what they're dealing with. Because sometimes we see somebody and we see they're struggling. We don't know why. And because we don't know why, we can't help them. And so thinking about that conversation as a negotiation, okay, they want maybe their privacy. Maybe they want to be left alone. But you as a friend, you want information so you can have the goal of helping them. So the first negotiation you have with them is to learn more about the situation. And then the next negotiation is to uh, persuade them to allow you to help them. And then you can help them because you have the information and you have their permission. Okay. That, that's totally fair. And I think that's a big change in mindset for a lot of people because they are people, I think they're conditioned as something to not look forward to, right? Everybody like wants to get the job, but everybody gets stressed out about that part about salary negotiation. Like since most of the conversations we have on the podcast is geared towards that, um, I want to tie that into a question of what you brought up, difficult conversations. And we'll talk about careers. We'll also talk about life for a second. But 
like for example, salary negotiation, whether you're working for a company or you're just in the job search process, it's difficult. Most of people do not look forward to that. So what would you recommend? I mean, one of the things I've seen you have done in your TEDx talks and also in your videos and also on your podcast is to make it not change the perception of that being difficult to something meaningful. So if you can expand on that, given the situation, that'd be really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, this whole approach requires a change in mindset. You need to see these conversations as an opportunity. So if it's a conflict, we have a signal that something's wrong. Now we have an opportunity to improve the relationship. If it's in a business nego- negotiation, like a salary negotiation, we feel a little bit of tension. Why do we feel that tension? Why do we feel that pressure? Because we know that there's a big opportunity that is on the other side of this conversation. And so when we think about it in those positive terms, we see it as a conversation not to, that's not to be avoided, but a conversation that is to be approached. And one of the keys in all of negotiation and um, with salary negotiation as well is that you should look at these conversations as fact-finding missions. So you want to learn the facts, you want to know, learn the emotions, you want to learn as much as you can about the situation. And if you think about the conflicts in your life or difficult conversations or negotiations more in terms of the opportunity to learn more about the situation and the other party, it'll reduce the pressure that you feel in those conversations. And then you get the information. And once you have, you feel like you have a good lay of the land, then you engage in negotiation, which at its best is brainstorming. So then once you have a better understanding of where they're coming from, for instance, in a salary negotiation, they provide you with an offer. You ask them more about their offer, how they come up with that number, what is included in the package, all that stuff. And you feel like you have a good lay of the land. And during the problem-solving process, the brainstorming process, you can say, well, what about this? How does this work? This salary with these benefits, these hours, blah, blah, blah. And then you go back and forth and you work it out. And so that's, that demonstrates how you can look at something that seems as though it's a situation where there's one side versus the other and turn it into something that's less stressful and more collaborative. Wow, that's an amazing change in mindset, right? Brainstorming is completely, I think most people look forward to brainstorming versus you are in a negotiation situation, right? Because brainstorming, mm-hmm. well, it brings everybody on the table, everybody has a voice. That's a totally different shift in mindset. That's actually a very fresh approach. Thank you. Yeah, and, and that's the goal. Um, because if you are too afraid to even engage in the conversation, then it doesn't matter what techniques I give you. You're not going to use them. And that was really the aha moment when it came to me as somebody who teaches other people how to do it. My first step needs to be put, giving you the confidence and making you feel more comfortable in these difficult conversations. So you'll actually use the techniques when you have the opportunity. So we spoke about the mindset, Kwame. We spoke about uh, brainstorming. We spoke about the change in making a shift into approaching difficult conversations as something positive. Let's talk about some tools or techniques. Would there be something, what are some of the common ideas that you share with someone where they can get started on this? Absolutely. So in the TED Talk, I coined the term compassionate curiosity. And this is my simple approach, my simple framework to approaching any negotiation and any situation of conflict. So it's a three-step process. And the first step is acknowledging emotion. The second step is getting curious with compassion. And then the third step is joint problem solving, which is a brainstorming session. 
And so with the first step is what we're doing is behind every deal with everybody, there's some emotion that they're feeling. They might feel frustrated. They might feel happy. They might feel some level of trepidation. And unless those feelings are acknowledged, they're going to be a hidden barrier in your difficult conversation. So before you even get to the substance or try to learn more about the situation in general, you need to figure out where they are emotionally and psychologically. And then once you feel like you have a good understanding and they, they've gotten that out of their system, especially if it's a difficult conversation where there are a lot of emotions involved, then you can move into the compassionate curiosity side of it where you're asking questions. And the reason I call it compassionate curiosity is because it helps to moderate your tone. And I'm married, and I know there have been times where my wife would say, Kwame, stop yelling at me. And I would put on my lawyer hat, and I would say, technically, I'm not yelling at you because my voice has not elevated. So when speaking of decibels, I have yet to yell at you. But what she's really saying is this, my tone is off. I, I'm sounding aggressive with what I'm saying. And so when I tell people to think about somebody who's compassionate, usually they say somebody like, Gandhi or Mother Teresa or their, their grandmother or somebody like that. And so I say, well, if Mother Teresa were in this situation and she were to ask an open-ended question, how would she ask it? And when you think about it that way, it, it helps you to moderate your tone. You say, okay, I'm not going to say, and you know you're wrong, right? I'm going to say, can you help me understand where you're coming from on this? Or what do you hope to gain out of this situation? And when you, when you phrase it that way, you're going to get more information. They're going to trust you more. And then when it comes to the third step, joint problem solving, they're more open with their suggestions. You give a suggestion and they feel safe in the conversation and they'll actually engage in the problem solving process. So that's my three-step approach to any negotiation, any conflict. You can use this in, in any situation. So acknowledging emotions is number one, asking questions and Third one was getting them on the same page, asking them, essentially saying, help me understand. So you're trying to get them to verbalize it, right? Or did I miss Exactly. And on the third point, it's, a, it's like the brainstorming side, where you're actually putting ideas back and forth. Because once you have that information, you, you've gotten, after you've gone through the compassionate curiosity, you have a good lay of the land. You now you know what could work for you and what could work for them. Then you could say, well, now that I see everything, what do you think about this? Would this work? No. All right. Can you give me a suggestion? And then they give a suggestion. Then you go back and forth and you work together to craft an agreement that works for both parties. I think that's an amazing framework, right? Because a lot of us, I've been there as well. In the heat of the moment, we react, we say things. When, but if you took a moment to just ask why someone is saying this, and most of the time I find that people are, what they say is not exactly what they're trying to imply there's something beneath the surface and if you ask the right questions they they would be willing to share exactly exactly but it takes time for them to to gain that trust because most people try to take advantage or they because they have not been schooled in how to have these difficult conversations they're unnecessarily harsh or they just don't do it well and so if through the process of acknowledging emotions and asking questions you can create a scenario where they trust you and they feel comfortable with you, then that leads to the free flow of information which makes for a much more productive conversation. Awesome, so uh, you've shared a lot of ideas. You started with the mindset, you gave us a great technique to use. If people wanted to connect with you and learn more, what are some of the best ways to do that? The best way to connect with me is by checking out the podcast. 
the Negotiate Anything podcast. And also, I have a free gift for your audience. If they would like a free negotiation guide that can help them systematically prepare for any difficult conversation they have, they can download it at AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. And it has our three most popular, the General Negotiation Guide, the Conflict Management Negotiation Guide, and the Salary Negotiation Guide, which I think is the most popular download we have. So you can prepare and, and be ready for the next difficult conversation in your, in your life. Thank you, Kwame. I'll definitely add those resources and also make sure there's a link to your TED Talks as well when the show notes go out because it has some of the concepts you mentioned and you explained them. You articulate that very well. So lots of great Thank ideas you. here. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, as I said at the beginning of this interview, I was excited to jump on this podcast and do this recording. There's a lot, of, I'm sure there's a lot of good things and you have done that. You have covered a lot of great ideas. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. As we are coming to the end of the interview, before we sign off, any last words or any final pieces of advice that you'd like to leave the audience? Yeah, so the thing is, none of this matters if you don't take action. And so sometimes we make the mistake of intellectualizing things to the point where we don't take action. And so we focus on, oh, how would I do it? Can I create that perfect circumstance? The reality is there is no perfect circumstance, and you're not going to get better unless you try. So the first step needs to be actually being intentional about having these difficult conversations and looking at every single interaction, not only as an opportunity to get more of what you want, avoid things you don't want, and strengthen relationships, but also as an opportunity to learn and improve. Because as we improve and, and advance in our careers, the stakes for these difficult conversations are going to rise. And you'll get better with every time you have the conversation. So take the time to invest in the practice opportunities that come every day. That's definitely an amazing advice. And take action. That's a great way to wrap it up. Kwame, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. No, my pleasure. And thank, thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening to yet another episode of the Career Medis podcast. I have written a brief summary of the episode with the links and resources that Kwame has quoted throughout the interview. You can find them in the show notes. If you enjoyed this particular episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you.